but he, he made it through. They, they weren't sure that he would survive being born. And, um, and so he was lived for about five minutes. And so we got to spend that, that time with him and just hold him. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode number 39 of the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast and with today's amazing guest, Chris Pierce. Chris has been kind enough to join me all the way from Hawaii in the States and this is one of the moments where I, I really wish the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast wasn't done remotely. I wish that I could go and visit all my guests because uh, this would be an amazing trip all the way over to Hawaii. But never mind, it's, it's done digitally, it's, it's done over the www and... Um, I'm grateful that I can connect with Chris in any way. We've got an amazing story today. You probably hear that quite a bit on the, on my episodes, but I genuinely have amazing guests on. But Chris, I connected with Chris um, a couple of years ago now, and ever since then we've stayed in touch. and And his story and and the way he lives his life is truly inspiring, and it's inspiring to me. So I know that it's inspiring to everyone who connects with him. We've talked recently, or we've talked quite a lot about what makes you happy and and we're trying to get you away from this idea that that weight loss is going to truly make you happy there's a lot more to life than just weight loss and I would go as far as saying as well that nothing is really going to bring you happiness and until you find that happiness within you right now and that comes down to your perception of life really it's it's one of them old sayings you know is your glass half full or half empty and it definitely makes a difference in life I'm definitely one of the people that can go around with the glass half full and I can see the positives in pretty much every situation in life but at the same time I've never really been faced with anything that has been that serious and when you listen to Chris today you'll understand that there is real hardship in the world and there are people who are going through terrible terrible times but then there are people like Chris and his wife who who get through it and they get through it really really well if you connected with Chris now on social media you would never know of the hardship that he's about to talk about all the stories he's about to tell you stories that for both of us on this podcast have brought us to tears but you would never get that by following him on social media or, or just knowing him generally because he's just he sees the positive in everything he does and and the funny thing is, recording this episode, I, I've actually just watched um, an old Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. I'm, I'm sure many of you have seen that. And it's a film that really highlights gratitude for me. You know, the things you ignore in your day-to-day life that mean so much to you. And yes, you can look at the bad things in life. You can look at them in a very negative way, or you can choose to look at them in a very positive and happy way. And Chris definitely does that. And when I was watching the film... I was thinking about this episode and I was thinking about Chris and his life quite a lot while watching the film. And and I'm sure if you've seen the film and then you listen to this podcast, you'll get what I mean. But what Chris is about to share with you is is very honest. Um, I didn't expect Chris to share as much as he actually did, but he does it for the benefit of everybody else. Not not to share what a tough life I've had and, and you know, woe is me. It's more to show how, how you can cope, how you can get over these 
these hurdles in life. And, and also, Chris is very honest to say that it's not as, as easy as it seems. It's not it's not all as black and white as it may come across that he just looks at the positive and it's it's really um it's really easy to get over these these hurdles it's it's absolutely not and chris will openly say there's been some really tough times there's been a lot of tears but but it is them tough times and how he handles that how he gets over it that helps him in the future so i don't want to tell you too much i i really want you to listen to this episode please 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 tune into this at episode number 40 in a couple of days time because it's going to be hard. There's no doubt about it. If particularly if you've if you've got kids or you've tried to have kids or you're looking to have kids, this this is a tough episode to listen to. I, I get it. It really, really is. But it does highlight an incredible way that you can live your life by looking at the positives in life and trying to find the good things that are still there even in times of hardship. So I'm not going to go on too much more. Let me introduce you now to Chris Pierce, all the way from Hawaii. Sit back, grab a drink. Grab a box of tissues, you may need them, and enjoy the next 20 minutes. Hey, Chris. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. How are we doing? Doing well, thank you. Excited Good. to be here. Yeah, it's great. Out in uh, sunny Hawaii at the minute? Yeah, well, it's kind of rainy right now, but oh, it wow. was sunny yesterday, and no. it'll probably be sunny later. Yeah. Well, if this is the moment I wish I could do like the 40 fit and fabulous podcast on tour to come yeah. out and do it. That'd be amazing. Um, I know. One day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm going to have to factor that in. There's, I've spoken to someone in California the other day as well. So I'm definitely going to have to head over that part yes. of the world. Yeah. Um, Cause it's pretty, pretty miserable here in England at the minute weather wise. <laughs> um, right. So we're, we're just saying before we come on, we're going to split this into the, into the two parts like we normally do. And we're going to have a very different theme for both. You have, in my view, uh, or have had a very challenging life up until now. You're 36 years old. You have had so many things in your life which are big events, which I, I see you cope with amazingly well. Um, you, I don't know how you do it, but you seem to talk with a smile on your face. And we've just talked about all the issues. And, and you can laugh and you can joke and you can see the, the plus side of, of absolutely everything um, which is amazing considering what you've been through. We're going to get into that in a minute. So in part two, I want to find out exactly how you do that because I know there's a lot of listeners who struggle daily with, um, with smaller things than what you're going through, and it's hard. But I want to know the tools that you use to, to see you through the day and get that big smile on your face. So where, where on earth do we begin? Um, <laughs> let's <laughs> Children, let's, let's start with the yeah. children. So you was just saying beforehand um, that you and your wife, you had some issues having a baby to begin with, didn't you? Your wife suffered, unfortunately, a couple of miscarriages at least. Um, could you tell yeah. us a little bit more about just how that journey started for you? Yeah, so I think when we got married, we always wanted to have kids. And that was always part of the plan. And uh, we were both kind of, kid people like I was we both just liked kids and so um, we want to have them as part of our family and um, and so it took us about a year and a half worth of trying um, before we had one which I know that there's people out there that have tried for significantly longer um, but we we were good at getting pregnant like we talked about but we just, my wife just struggled for unknown reasons to stay pregnant. 
Um, and even to this day, doctors still don't know why. Um, and so we had a lot of miscarriages just in that process that we just still don't know um, what happened. And so it was kind of, a, I don't know, we got used to this having the getting your hopes up and being excited because when you want to get pregnant and you get pregnant, it's, it's a big deal and it's, it's a very exciting thing. But then you, you lose the baby um, and it's extremely uh, disheartening and puts you through a period of grief. And it's, it's just a, it's a, an awful thing to go through. And I, I don't, I don't, hope that on anybody because it's extremely difficult. And when it happens over and over, it's, I don't know if it takes some of the air out of getting pregnant, but it's like, you don't want to be excited too soon because you don't want to, you don't want it to deflate, you know? And, and it's just, it's just kind of scary. Um, but at the same time, you want to be excited and you want this to be the one and you want this one to, to take and, um, you know, to become a, a part of your family. And so it was, I don't know, it was tricky, but then we finally <laughs> stayed pregnant and we, um, yeah, we had Jay. And so, uh, it happened. That must've been a very stressful nine months though. Uh, do I, every, oh, every, every day you must most be not expecting something to go wrong, but almost terrified that something could go wrong at a later stage. Yeah. So there was always that essence of, uh, fear, I guess, of, um, but I will say though, like getting past the, I don't know, like you make it past the first trimester and, um, we made it past like the basically the furthest that we had ever made it before. And so it almost brought new light. And it was, um, I think in the back of our, our minds was like, okay, you know, he's not born yet. <laughs> so, but I don't, I don't know if that took away the excitement. I think because we had made it to a new level, it was just, like okay we we're we're past the danger zone like we got this and um so i think yes and no i think yes there was probably a little bit of that um but i think it was kind of outweighed by uh just being excited and having made it further than than we had before hey this is mark slight from health buddy i want to know if you've taken the health buddy challenge yet a short five-day program covers every aspect of your life so that you can look move and feel your best if you want to try the health buddy challenge head over now to healthbuddy.fit and take the challenge today and then um and then a couple of years later as well it happens again and you have another boy yep so same process um we so okay we were excited thinking like okay we've had one we've we're beyond this we've um we've fixed whatever the problem was um but sure enough, we get pregnant again, have a couple miscarriages again, um, and then uh, Hugh was born. And so um, same kind of thing. I think Hugh's pregnancy wasn't as bad as Jay's. Um, Taylor was able to gain more weight. Um, with Jay, she didn't gain weight. She actually full term had lost a little bit of weight. 
um, which was scary. Um, but with, with Hugh, um, she was able to gain like 10, maybe 15 pounds and they were both eight pound babies. And so, um, there's a lot, of women a lot of women listening that would like to gain only 10 or 15 pounds during pregnancy oh man it, here's the problem is you're sick for the full nine months you can't do anything and you're you're like you're you're actually sick like not just sick like because you're pregnant but sick like like you don't want to be and it's weird because taylor's always had people that are like oh i wish i could you know gain nothing you know through my pregnancy and and she's like no you don't like i can't even feed my baby who's inside me um and so there were a lot of uh a lot of struggles um that i think other people see as like a good thing um but they don't realize that when you go to the doctor and they're trying to keep you and your baby alive and that the, the lack of gaining weight is like a symptom of being sick, um, you know, f- because of the pregnancy. And so it was, it was weird. It was like, it was just, I don't know. There were like these two sides of things where like, oh my gosh, you look so good as a pregnant person. And she's like, I'm awful as a pregnant person. <laughs> like, you have no idea. Um, so, yeah, so then Hugh was born. Um, I don't know if, if you want me to just keep going with all the kids. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to kind of keep track of things as we go. So you've had a few okay. miscarriages yep. at this point, um, which yep. for, for a lot of people, that's, that's kind of enough. You know, that's, that's yeah. life to have a few miscarriages. And then, yeah, if, if you're willing to talk about Wall after Hugh, carry on. Yeah, so after Hugh um, got pregnant again, um, same, same thing. That was just kind of our deal was like, okay, we'll have miscarriages and we don't know what, but something will happen and then our, our baby will come. And, uh, and so we, we got pregnant again and made it past the, the scary point. And, um, and then... I was actually in grad school at the time and got a, a call from, from Taylor that her, her water had broke, rushed to the hospital, and um, basically the doctors tell us that there's nothing that they can do um, other than, like, they can't seal um, your, your, <laughs> your uterus. Like, you're just, the baby's going to be born, and... Because this happened really um, early, didn't it? This was 21, 22 weeks when our waters broke? Yeah, so this was 22 weeks. And they, they were very open with us, but also very compassionate. Um, and we knew what they were going to say, um, that you know babies haven't survived being born that early. Um, and so we, we waited it out, and it was very... Um, I think we're both well aware that difficult things like this in marriages can often cause, uh, I don't know, like a a wedge and cause problems between the couple. But I think this was one of those moments that um, brought us a lot closer. And so we were able to spend that time preparing for our baby to be born. um, Like, 
I don't know, growing and bonding, even though not necessarily a lot was said, it was definitely a somber time and um, devastating. Um, and, and so he was born and um, he was very small and he, um, but he, he made it through, they, they weren't sure that he would survive being born. And, um, and so he was, lived for about five minutes. And so we got to spend that, that time with him and just hold him and try to, you have this experience with any baby that's born where you've, you've experienced them in the womb and you, you talk to them and you're, um, you read to them and music and, and you're, you're almost, you're trying to get to know them. But when they're born, you, I don't know if other people have experienced this, but you kind of have this realization of like, you're, you're a new person and I, I don't know you. Like, but I'm, I'm so excited to get to know you. And so with, with him, we didn't know how long he would be alive. And so we just kind of tried to get that, that essence of who he was in the little time that we had with him, because, um, you know, we believe that everybody has, has a spirit and that, um, anybody that's had more than one kid recognizes that at a very young age, they are very different people. Um, and that they, they come with something, um, attached to them. And, and so, um, I don't know, it was a special, slash scary awful time um but it was still special um because he's still our our boy he's still part of our family um and so uh we named him walt and um and so yeah so that was also i guess the start of I might be jumping the gun on questions, but that was the start of um, our, our adoption journey um, was the doctors were like, you're going to die basically to my wife if you continue getting pregnant um, just based on all the, the struggles that she, she had before. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It must, uh, there must come a point at this stage where you think about not having sex again, I would imagine. <laughs> Well, well, the doctors took care of that. <laughs> they made it so that we're, well, that we weren't supposed to have any more kids. Although we had the miracle baby later, but. Um, but so at this yeah. point, you, you've kind of realized now that maybe getting pregnant isn't isn't the thing to do, and yeah, you've gone down the adoption route because you still wanted more kids. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, so we started the adoption process and. Um, working with various groups and uh, the, we, we chose to work with organizations who, um, who worked with the birth mothers. And so um, the birth mothers had some uh, say as to where their, their child would go. And so it's kind of, you, you have a bio and then they can look at them and then you get, get matched. And, um, and it's, it can be a long, crazy process and, you kind of just tell them everything about you and then wait <laughs> <laughs> and, and hope that somebody likes you. And, um, 
and that you, so it's, it's different than getting pregnant, but there's a lot of the same kind of anxieties and, um, and just kind of waiting and, and highs and lows. And we had been matched with a few people where that fell through. And so kind of like, I, I kind of relate them to the miscarriages where it's like you're pregnant and it's exciting and you know how much time you have until the baby's going to be born. And so the same thing would happen. And then for whatever reasons, um, people deciding to, to keep the babies or um, going with somebody else or whatnot, um, things would happen. And then the baby's not, not yours anymore. Um, and so when we finally got matched with, with Griff, he, it was very last minute. <laughs> so it was like, we've got to make a decision right now. And, and it ended up, um, you know, being just as terrifying as having a baby. Um, but at the same time, um, a blessing and a, a very unique experience. And so he was born um, a week after we found out and we got to go to the hospital the day he was born. And I think he was like an hour old when we got there. And, um, and he was ours and it was, it was more than just the process. It was, I don't know, you, you, you know, your own kids. Um, <laughs> and, uh, even though he didn't come from us, it was like he, he was still ours. Um, and so uh, that was, a, yeah, an inter interesting experience, but also a, a highlight. Um, and then after Griff, uh, we, you know, we were done. And it was, you know, and we had dabbled with potentially adopting again, but not, we hadn't done anything for it yet yeah. it was just more of a, a thought in, in the back of the head and um, we, you know we had had conversations about it um and then somehow taylor got pregnant and uh the doctors were freaking out because she wasn't supposed to be able to get pregnant and um she basically they put her on bed rest for pretty much the second they found out she was pregnant and it was that was a tricky time when you got three other kids yeah. and your wife gets put on bed rest and is not allowed to hold them or do anything. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, then our baby girl was born, which was also terrifying. I was like, we know boys, we, do, we know what to do with them, but then we get a girl. And so I think I was more scared than Taylor, but, um, <laughs> She ended up being like the best one. Uh, so she's, she's, we call her the glue that holds the rest of us together. She's only four now, but she's just a, a delightful human to be around. Um, and so she's our little, little miracle baby. Um, yeah. And I was, I was telling you before, well, we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot, we've got a lot to still, still get. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me take you back a little bit. So, a few okay. miscarriages, um, the unfortunate situation with Walt and Griff. We, we've got over Griff, but it's not quite as yep. simple as just adopting a baby, is it? Because 
right. uh, Griff unfortunately come with come with some issues, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but it was yeah. So so he's got sickle cell anemia. Um, when we we found out um, before he was born that his birth parents had the trait, which meant it was possible for him to um, that he would definitely have the trait, but potentially have the um, the disease. And and so when he was born, and they ran the tests, and we found out, um, but they told us that he had the I guess the, the least symptomatic type um, it's called uh, beta thalassemia and they're often people go throughout their lives without really any symptoms um, or, or struggles. And so it, it was kind of a, it, it wasn't so big of an issue simply because we didn't know, we didn't know much about it, but the doctors were very, um, they, they wanted us to know that there probably wouldn't be any issues. Come into the hospital, you know, every six months, we'll test them. It'll probably show nothing. And then you can go on your way. And so it was, it was like a, an issue that we knew about, but wasn't really a, a big deal um, as far as we, we knew at the time. Mm -hmm. So but, it's, it was, uh, but it's proven yeah. to be a bit of an issue now, isn't it? Because every month, <laughs> yeah. every month he's going back and having, is it every month he has blood transfusions? Yeah. So it, yeah, it's, it's about every six weeks um, that he goes in. It started at every three weeks and they, they try to, so they test them. And um, so six weeks is the furthest they really like push it out. So, yeah. so, so yeah. that's, um, that's, that's a struggle. So this is, this is quite a story at the minute. This is quite a hard life. I think for a lot of people listening, a lot of people won't be able to imagine being in that situation, having, having faced all these issues and still, obviously there's been a lot of hard times. There's probably been a lot of tears and a lot of struggles, but you're at the other side of it and you can talk about it openly. I think I'm getting probably more upset listening to you talk about it than you are <laughs> talking about it. Um, but then, as if that wasn't all bad enough, this summer we see pictures on Facebook of, of your <laughs> wife who's had an accident while you're on holiday in France. Yep. <laughs> and quite, quite yeah. a bad accident as well, really. Yeah, it was, it was weird because we didn't think it was that bad like when it happened, which is kind of the opposite of a lot of accidents that people have. Uh, and yeah, she, we were basically at this water park with these inflatable things. And I think they call them a blob, which is like a giant air pillow. You put a kid on the end and then you jump on the other end and they go flying into the water. And so we had the bright idea to, that Taylor and I would both jump at the same time. We'd launch them extra high. And so we did that. And I jumped slightly before. Um, and so what happened is I pushed down the pillow for lack of a better word. <laughs> and, um, and so she kind of landed flat on it and with her head. She was kind of compressed forward. Like her, her head was kind of in like a, like a cannonball. Um, but when she hit, <clears throat> she hit right when it kind of launched. And so it threw her up in the air and threw her head back and gave her, 
really bad whiplash, um, and we didn't realize it at the time, but a very severe concussion. Um, and so, and we're in the middle of a road trip through France, driving from like, um, this was near Biarritz, and um, <laughs> driving up, up through Par up to Paris, and, um, and so, I don't know, she had taken ibuprofen and uh, we had those travel pillows. So she kind of had like a makeshift seat collar with two of those. And uh, it, it wasn't that big of an issue. It was kind of like, oh yeah, she's sore. And, and then we got home and it persisted. And then she started having um, other bizarre symptoms, memory loss, and vision problems where she wasn't able to see clearly. And, um, she would black out and nauseous and just all this like crazy stuff. And we were, we were just getting back from vacation. So we were supposed to be like hit the ground running. And, you know, it's like, and it, you know, you go on vacation and it's go, go, go when you get home. Come back refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it was like things just went downhill from there. Um, and yeah, so that was quite the experience that, and that was in, that was, um, we got home in the beginning of August. So the accident happened end of July. Yeah. And she's, so, just, you said before, she's just starting to sort of come out the right side. She's just starting to feel a little bit better now. Yeah, so she spent about a week and a half seeing a specialist in Utah. It actually worked out well. Her cousin was getting married in Utah, and so she uh, she saw this specialist who deals with head and neck and back trauma, um, and saw him every day for a week and a half, and um, has had significant uh, results. Um, she's definitely not a hundred percent yet. Um, but all the crazy stuff like passing out and, uh, she even was having like tremors, like, she would, you know, shake and, um, all of that is gone completely. Um, now the symptoms are more like, um, she'll have like migraines, um, and, uh, she'll, she'll get tired. Like by the end of the day, she's a lot more tired than she normally would be. Um, and then, um, she gets nauseous sometimes, um, but it's not constant. It's not like it was before. She's definitely like slightly better each day. Um, <laughs> and good. so that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So she's definitely nice. on the men and she's, she actually, I dropped them off the whole family off of the airport last night for a, another wedding. Her twin brother's getting married and, uh, and so she's going to go back and, and see that doctor for the next week um, again. And so hopefully she has, has more progress. Good. All right. So we're going to come to the end of part one. I'm going to give the <coughs> listeners yep. cards to go away and um, wipe any tears away and have a rest. Uh, we haven't missed anything, have we? There's nothing else that major that I've missed out. <sighs> well, okay. So we've talked about Griff, but I didn't mention that when he was four, he had a stroke. And so, oh, yeah. sorry, yeah, I forgot about so that. So he, which there's not really a lot to it. It was basically he was fine. He actually had his six month checkup um, 
a week before the stroke, they said, you know, he's, he's fine. His sickle cell percentages were very low. I mean, they were always at 4% every single time. And so they're like, you know what, come back in a year. Like there's been no issues typically at this age kind of suggests where they'll be forever. Week later, no idea what happened <laughs> in that week. Uh, but his numbers jumped to 80%, had a stroke, um, full, uh, right side of his body. So left side in the brain, um, was affected, um, lost language, lost the ability to use the right side of his body. Um, and so life just got super crazy because my wife spent, you know, six weeks in the hospital with him. Um, you know, meanwhile, I'm trying to tackle all, everything that she did at home while trying to keep working and, and all that. Um, but, and so that's what caused the monthly or the every six weeks having the, the blood transfusions is because from that point on, his body now creates these sickle cells um, that, you know, they try to keep it down below 30%. Um, and, that, and so every six weeks, he gets five units of blood. And they, they actually do an exchange transfusion, which means they take his blood and replace it um, with, with new blood. Yeah, so. I, was watching, I was watching a video you posted on Facebook actually this morning, um, actually showing the transfusion, which was yeah, to see. Yeah, it was, uh, I, you know, I've, I usually post stuff like when it happens, but I, <clears throat> I decided this last one, like, let's let people, I don't know, see more of it. So I actually filmed them poking the needle in, <laughs> into them and, yeah. uh, yeah, um, it's it's definitely uh, they go well now. They haven't always. It, it used to be a lot more of a struggle. I think he has a, a port in his chest that they access each time, and I think the thing has just been stabbed so many times it's just numb because he doesn't even he he they put this like cold spray that makes it numb, but he doesn't even want it. So he just goes in there like give it to me and, <laughs> and, and takes it. So that's our new normal. Yeah. Yeah. It is. A, it's a strange normal to a lot of people, but yeah, I see it yeah. every, let's say every, every six weeks or so I see the pictures come up and I, yep. <laughs> it, is, it is your life now. And it's amazing how you cope with that. I'm going to, we're going to end it now. We're going to um, come back okay. in part two. We're going to find out how you yep. do cope with this so well. Um, and we're going to go through some of your social media as well. Chris, thank you very much for being so open and sharing everything with us. Yeah, no worries. I'm, I'm happy to share. I hope that it, I hope somebody can take something from it. Oh, there's, there's, um, there's no way people are not going to take anything from that. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Now, we're taking a little bit of a break there because that's, as, as you know, that's, that's quite tough and that's, that's really hard to, to listen to. And it's incredibly hard for Chris to talk about. What I will say is that in between episode 39 and episode 40, me and Chris did actually talk for about 20 minutes and, and nothing secret. We, we will open up everything that we talked about in private. We'll come in into part two of this episode with Chris in a few days time. But, but the things that Chris talked about in, in the break brought me to tears, um, which, which I was a little bit surprised about. 
Um, but it just goes to show just how hard-hitting Chris's story is. And then coming up in part two in a few days' time, Chris Chris himself actually broke down during the recording of the podcast as well, just, just going over a certain part of his story. And, and man, I totally get it. I, As positive as I am as a person and as much as I can deal with hardship and stress, I really don't know that I could deal with what Chris has gone through as well as Chris has. In fact, I know I couldn't. Um, just, just listening to Chris's story breaks my heart and it makes it really, really hard to stay positive, I think. And I think Chris and his wife and his family do a wonderful, wonderful job. And hopefully listening to Chris is going to to help you understand how it is possible, how the tiny things in life that we get stressed about, that we get really despondent about, and we let affect our internal environment, we shouldn't. We shouldn't let it do that. There's, there's no external factors that should really impact your internal environment to the point that it's ruining your life, okay? To the point where it's impacting your health and your weight and the people around you. We shouldn't let it affect us like that. And and listening to Chris and understanding, as we talk about in part two, how he actually manages to to manage these situations himself is a really good insight into into how we could all turn our lives around and be that, that glass half full kind of person. If you would like to know a little bit more, please head over to the show notes. Please connect with Chris. Again, he's, he's one of these people that's very active on social media. Follow his stories, follow his Instagram profile. Very honest, very open. And things we're going to talk about in part two, you'll get to see a lot of that in his, in his Instagram and his Facebook statuses as well. It's well worth it. It's, it's a true, honest account of someone's life. And, and parts of his life that we would find very, very difficult. Chris has this amazing ability to smile through and see the good in it. So I'm really grateful to connect with Chris every single day. If you'd like to know a little bit more about how you can become a little bit like Chris and how you can deal with situations in your life as well, don't forget, head over to the show notes. Check out the Path to Happiness program, which the doors are open now. There's limited spaces available, but you too can learn not just the benefits of exercise and nutrition and mindset, but how to manage these situations really, really well, how to manage stress, how to manage your internal environment. And what a great way that would be for you to start the new year by, by managing your internal state much better than you did in 2018. So please go over, please check out that and check out Chris as well on social media. Other than that, we're going to come back in a few days time. You're going to need more tissues, guys. It's another tough episode, I'm afraid, but I look forward to speaking to you then. Thanks again for popping into the 40th and Fabulous podcast. Please head over, subscribe in iTunes so you don't miss the next episode. Love you all for listening. Take care and we'll speak to you again in a couple of days.